Hello, and welcome to an exclusive podcast brought to you by VJ Oncology, an open access video journal that provides healthcare professionals with trusted and up-to-date information in oncology. Today, we're delighted to be joined by Elisa Agostinetto and Evandro de Azambuya, who discuss the latest updates in breast cancer presented at ESMO 2022. Hello, my name is Elisa Agostinetto. I'm a medical oncologist and research fellow at Institut Jules Bourdet in Brussels, Belgium. And uh, I'm here with Dr. Evandro de Azambuja from the Institut Jules Bourdet to discuss uh, some of uh, the most interesting uh, uh, results that have been presented uh, so far at ESMO 2022 in the field of uh, breast cancer. First of all, let me say, uh, I don't know if you, Evandro agrees, but uh, so far, it has been a very exciting Congress with so many interesting data presented in the field of breast cancer, both in the early and metastatic setting. So uh, there are two main uh, topics that I would like to discuss with you, and in particular, uh, the findings presented in uh, um, two breast cancer subtypes, in hormone receptor positive HER2 negative breast cancer and in triple negative breast cancer. So uh, starting from HER2, uh, HR positive HER2 negative breast cancer we saw for instance the results at the proffered paper session on Friday of the Tropics 02 trial that were among the most awaited results of ESMO 2022. So just to give a bit of context, Tropics 02 was a randomized phase three trial testing sacituzumab govitecan over treatment of a physician's choice in patients with hormone receptor positive HER2 negative metastatic breast cancer who were pretreated in the metastatic static setting, meaning that the patients should have received between two and four prior lines of chemotherapy in the metastatic setting. The preliminary analysis of Tropics 2 had already been presented at ASCO 2022, where we saw the results of progression-free survival, and in particular that Sacituzumab govitecan was associated with a significant improvement in PFS, although the magnitude of the benefit was quite limited because it was around 1.5 months but uh, what we observed uh, at uh, ESMO 2022 was the presentation of the overall survival data. Indeed, at, uh, at the time of ASCO 2022, the overall survival data were still uh, immature. And uh, what we saw at uh, ESMO 2022 was the presentation of the overall survival data that confirmed that the Sacituzumab govitecan was associated with a, a statistically significant improvement in OS with uh, uh, an improvement of 3.2 months and as a ratio of uh, 0.2. Uh, 79 and uh, uh, I would like to, to ask your thoughts about these uh, study results. Uh, what, what are your thoughts about this uh, improvement in overall survival? Yeah, Thank you very much Elisa uh, for the kind introduction and the discussion of this paper. Indeed, Sastuzumab govitecan is a drug, an antibody drug conjugate that has been approved for triple negative that has improved the progression free survival and overall survival in the triple negative and as you mentioned at the ASCO they present the data on the progression of survival, the primary endpoint of uh, Tropics O2. And indeed, it was positive. We question ourselves, 1.5 months, is that clinically useful? And now they present the data on the overall survival during this ESMO 2022. And indeed, the overall survival significantly improved in this patient population, which is a patient population that is heavily pretreated. The median lines of chemotherapy were three. And this patient, despite being resistant to endocrine therapy, despite being 
multiple treatments, they had an improvement in overall survival. This is very meaningful for our patients. So we can improve 3.5 months overall survival. They have presented data in other trials for quality of life. Quality of life is maintained. Efficacy is very good. Safety. We know already from the Sacidumab Govitecan the safety profile. We didn't see major adverse events in this trial, was compared to previous ones. So I think this is a very good news for our patients. In most of the guidelines, they will need to be updated now to include Sacituzumab Govitecan based on this presentation at ASMO 22, improvement in overall survival by 3.5 months in heavily pretreated patient population. Yes, I totally agree with you. And the one point that you mentioned that I really want to underline is that these patients were heavily pretreated. So this is a subset of patients for whom we do have limited therapeutic options in our clinical practice. So a population that represents a highly unmet clinical need. And I think that it's promising and encouraging to see that Sacitudumab Govitecan that has already been changing the treatment landscape for triple negative breast cancer is showing also these promising results in other breast cancer subtypes and namely for patients with a hormone receptor positive HER2 negative breast cancer. Another study that was presented at ESMO 2022 again for patients with hormone receptor positive HER2 negative metastatic breast cancer but in this case not for heavily pretreated patients but in first line was the MONARCH 3 trial. So again, just to give a, a bit of context, Monarch-3 was a randomized phase three trial uh, testing the addition of abemacyclib to an aromatase inhibitors for patients with hormone receptor positive HER2 negative metastatic breast cancer in first line. Again, also for Monarch-3, we had already seen the results in progression-free survival published in the JCO in 2017 that showed a significant improvement in PFS with the addition of abemacyclib. So what we saw at ESMO 2022 was the presentation of the interim overall survival results of the Monarch 3. And uh, in this presentation, what we saw is that uh, abemacyclib was associated with a numerical longer overall, survi overall survival, uh, overall placebo, but these results did not meet uh, the threshold of statistical significance as per uh, study statistical uh, study design. Uh, Again, I want to underline that this was not the final overall survival analysis. This was a the interim analysis too. So probably the final uh, analysis uh, will uh, occur in 2023 when the number of events, uh, both in the intention to treat population and in the subgroup of patients with visceral metastasis will be reached. But again, Evandro, I would like to ask your opinion on this data and uh, if uh, what we can expect maybe from this uh, final overall survival uh, in 2023, if we can guess uh, something. Yeah, this is a very good question, Lisa. Just put in the context, today we have three uh, CDK4 inhibitors that are approved, Pobcyclib, Ribocyclib, Abemacyclib. And the Monarch 3, they are looking for the overall survival interim analysis. Uh, all these three trials, they showed consistent and the similar magnitude, the medium progression survival is improved when you give CDK4-6 inhibitors to our patients in combination with endocrine therapy, first-line therapy in this case. So here, what we saw, 
we see the medium progressive survival that's positive. The overall survival in interim analysis is not statistically po positive yet, but you see a clear separation of the curves. There is a over 12 months overall survival benefit already. So what you have to wait is until 2023 to see the final results with unfortunately more deaths for patients, but we have to follow those patients. But I'm quite confident that you're going to see positive results in overall survival because now the separations of the curve exist. We already have a 12 month benefit from, for abemaciclib combined with endocrine therapy compared to endocrine therapy alone. So my guess is that we are going to see a positive results next year. Just need to wait a little bit longer. I totally agree with you and I think it's what everybody is uh, hoping right now. And now just uh, uh, to say uh, always in the topic of patients with hormone receptor positive HER2 negative breast cancer but uh, moving uh, to the early setting uh, I would like to ask your opinion on another uh, interesting trial that was presented at ESMO 2022 and I'm talking about the results of the data trial. So the data trial uh, was a study um, that uh, tested in patients with hormone receptor positive uh, breast cancer in the early setting uh, receiving uh, two three years of adjuvant tamoxifen and uh, not uh, uh, without any signs of disease progression were randomized to receive either three years of aromatase inhibitors with anastrozole or six years of uh, aromatase inhibitors with anastrozole. So a study that is uh, uh, testing uh, whether uh, the extended adjuvant endocrine therapy is associated with a significant benefit for, uh, for our patients. Uh, again, also for the data trial, uh, we had already seen the preliminary results that were published in the Lancet of Oncology that showed at the time that there was no significant difference in terms of disease-free survival between patients receiving three years of anastrozole compared to patients receiving six years of anastrozole. But on the contrary, that patients receiving six years of anastrozole had a, a higher incidence of adverse events, and I'm talking about myalgias, arthralgias, osteopenia, and osteoporosis. So what we uh, observed at ASMO 2022 was the presentation of the final results and uh, the final results confirmed that uh, overall there was uh, no significant difference between patients receiving three years of anastrozole and patients receiving six years of anastrozole both in terms uh, of disease-free survival nor in terms of overall survival. Interestingly if we see at uh, the subgroup analysis uh, there seems to be a benefit uh, for patients uh, who has uh, both uh, estrogen receptor positive and progesterone receptor positive and in patients with node positive disease. So I think uh, that it's really uh, quite interesting to, uh, to hear your opinion on these uh, results also because uh, you gave uh, a very brilliant and nice presentation on the extended uh, adjuvant endocrine therapy uh, at the educational session. So uh, I would really uh, be interesting to hear your opinion on these uh, results. Yeah, thank you Elisa. Uh, indeed the data trial is a long follow-up 10 years now. It did not show that giving eight to nine years of aromatase inhibitors on top of the tamoxifen total duration versus six, seven years improved disease-free survival, not overall survival. Indeed, as you mentioned, there were some subgroups, exploratory analysis, ER positive, PR positive, they seem to derive the most benefit and also the node positive disease. Again, what we can conclude in this trial, we see more 
treatment stopped due to side effects. We see more uh, osteoporosis on those trials. But if you take all those trials, if you extend the endocrine therapy, there is a clear indication for extended endocrine therapy for most of our patients, particularly intermediate and high-risk patients. You go to seven to eight years and part of that should be aromatase inhibitors. Patients with low risk or very low risk, you can give five years tamoxifen or five year aromatase inhibitors. One thing that for me, and that's what I discussed in my lecture, is patients with a very high risk of disease, four positive lymph nodes or more, they treat tumors five centimeters or more, those patients are underrepresented in those trials. So maybe those are the patients that you derive benefits from 10 years. But you cannot forget that today you also have different strategies to decrease the relapse in the first five years. One strategy is using abemacyclib for two years. Another strategy, LHRH with aromatase inhibitor low tamoxifen. Uh, in patients who have germline mutations, BRCA1 or 2, estrogen receptor, they can also use olaparib for one year and bifosphonates or the nuzumab in the adjuvant set. So all these strategies try to reduce the risk of relapse and I think it's important but for all, most of patients you have to discuss with them the extended endocrine therapy but today the indication is seven to eight years maximum. Few cases I would discuss up to 10 years depends on a very high risk. I totally agree with you. And now I would like you to, uh, to, to discuss another topic uh, that is a triple negative breast cancer, because also uh, for this breast cancer subtype, we saw some uh, interesting data. And uh, I would like to mention in particular two studies uh, that uh, I find uh, personally very interesting. One of these is uh, the Synergy trial that uh, was a, a randomized phase two study uh, testing uh, the combination of oleclumab, a monoclonal antibody anti-CD73 in combination with the immune checkpoint inhibitors durvalumab plus chemotherapy for patients with the triple negative breast cancer in first line. So patients were randomized to receive either oleclumab plus durvalumab plus chemotherapy or durvalumab plus chemotherapy. In this study, the primary endpoint was the clinical benefit rate uh, at 24 weeks and unfortunately this is a negative study uh, because the addition of oleclumab didn't improve the clinical benefit rate at 24 weeks but still I think it is a very interesting study and there are some very interesting aspects that I would like also to discuss with you for instance the fact that in both arms there were some exceptional long-lasting response and the fact that for instance I would be very interesting to see also the results of the translational analysis of this trial uh, to see, for instance, uh, if there is any difference uh, at a translational level between uh, these patients uh, with the exceptional long-lasting response and uh, those patients who didn't respond to, to the treatment, for instance. I don't know, what are your thoughts about this, uh, this trial? Yeah, this trial is interesting because indeed you test the, the addition of oleclumab to immune checkpoint inhibitor, duvalumab and chemotherapy. Today, the standard of care for first line metastatic breast cancer, triple negative, that have a PD-1 or PD-L1 positive, they should receive immunotherapy with chemotherapy. So these, they are receiving the standard of care today with duvalumab, but interesting, it did not increase, but for me, the thing is, you include the old patient population, they were not selected for PD-1 or PD-L1 positive in the beginning, so maybe this play a role, but indeed it would be very interesting to see 
translational research for this trial is to understand who are the patient, patients that may benefit from this strategy and those who have a very long lasting relapse, uh, progression free survival. And this you see in other trials with immunotherapy. Some patients they respond extremely well and they are years without any progression. Yes, I believe that really immunotherapy is uh, a bit of a revolution uh, in the treatment of uh, several cancer types, uh, including uh, uh, breast cancer. And always talking about uh, immunotherapy in triple negative breast cancer, we saw also the results of another very interesting trial, this time in the early setting, and I'm talking about the Bellini trial. Uh, the Bellini trial uh, was a study testing uh, nivolumab and the combination of nivolumab plus ipilimumab for patients with early triple negative negative breast cancer and, the, and tumor infiltrating lymphocytes. So the study design was quite interesting because uh, it really uh, aimed to test whether four weeks uh, of uh, immunotherapy with the nivolumab plus ipilimumab could induce an immune response uh, in, the, in the tumors, uh, in the early tumors, in the primary tumor before surgery, so in the neoadjuvant uh, setting. And personally, I find that this study design very interesting because uh, we know that the traditionally breast cancer is considered as a cold uh, tumor type that, uh, that does not re derive uh, great benefit from immunotherapy. But I think that the triple negative breast cancer compared to the other breast cancer subtype is actually the ideal candidate for uh, to test immunotherapeutic strategies because uh, it has a relatively higher uh, rate of tumor infiltrating lymphocytes compared to other breast cancer subtypes. A relatively higher tumor uh, mutational burden, uh, relatively higher uh, expression of PDL1, for instance. So uh, I really like the idea of trying to identify among all breast cancer those tumors who are more likely to benefit from uh, immunotherapy. What's your opinion about uh, about this? Yeah, this is indeed a very very interesting trial, and I think I have to congratulate our Dutch colleagues. They have a very innovative design, testing four weeks of immunotherapy, and then they give chemotherapy, standard chemotherapy, surgery. They saw that some patients they really we can see the response, the immune response, you can see increase in CD8. Some patients, uh, there was not a large trial, but three patients, they refused the, uh, to go further on chemotherapy, they were operated. And some patients, they had pathological complete response only with two doses of immunotherapy. This is very interesting. Well, what they looked at also was the correlation between the CD8 and the imaging in MRIs on those patients. So we still could see some image was a little bit blurred, but when you operate the patients, they had pathological complete response and all they have an increase in CD8. So it highlights also the way you are assessing response in patients receiving immunotherapy today, you have to look different. People have to be trained to look for MRI in a different way. It's not the way you give chemotherapy. The response is not the same in imaging. So they really need to uh, change a little bit the way you analyze. But indeed, a very interesting, provocative trial. I think it should be validated in large patient population because today you give immunotherapy for patients with triple negative who require new adjuvant chemotherapy. So we are combining this. It would be interesting to be able to select those patients where I extremely respond, you just give a little bit immunotherapy, chemotherapy, and you operate the patient. So we could save a lot of toxicity for patients, we could save a lot of money for healthcare system. I totally agree with you, Evandro. Uh, 
If you don't have any additional remarks, uh, I can say to conclude, as I mentioned uh, at the beginning of our discussion, that it has been a very interesting uh, Congress so far with very interesting data that can really help us to uh, advance uh, in the care of patients with, uh, with breast cancer. Uh, so thank you all for listening to us uh, and thank you Evandro for this uh, nice discussion. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's very nice to be back in person in this conference in ESM 2022. We'd like to thank Elisa and Evandro for sharing their thoughts on the latest news from ESMO 2022. If you have found this podcast useful, please leave a review and subscribe on your podcast app, including Apple, Spotify and Podbean, so we can continue to deliver expert-led content to you. Follow us on Twitter at Vigio Oncology and join in the conversation. And finally, don't forget to visit vigiooncology.com for all the latest updates in the breast cancer field.